was good though. I'm about to go jump. Pull up on me. Pull up on me. Real. If y'all wanna pull up on me, pull up on me. Pull up on me. Pull up on me. All right, we're back. Uniquely Average Podcast, episode 19. Got a unique unique episode for you this week. It's yeah. just the two of us, Vinny and Paul, but we also have, in the first ever of the history of the podcast, we're going to have our first guest come in, talk about some live reactions. Got a good little episode for you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're doing things a little differently uh, this week. Uh, Marco's traveling to the Adirondacks, I believe. He's going upstate, uh, so... You know, while he's gone, we got someone to keep his seat warm. Somebody's got to carry the load. Exactly. So we're going to let's jump into show notes real quick. And then I think we're just going to go in and, you know, bring on our guests. But as uh, as always, and now spelled correctly, our Instagram is uniquely average media at Vinny Tuminello at Paul Domenico. Now that it's spelled oh. right, we're seeing those numbers just yeah. climb yeah, all, people, all those followers. All those people just, you know, <laughs> running in, running into the wall, right. trying to find us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Anchor page where you can, you know, find all the platforms where we're at. And as always, come watch us on our YouTube channel. But uh, Paul, did you have anything before we, we jump into uh, our our main event? No, I'd like to introduce our uh, our guest. So this is our friend from college. Uh, he was in ROTC at Duquesne University. He joined the Marine Corps after college and has basically followed Conor McGregor from the very inception of his career. Um, he actually likes to think that he is Conor McGregor. So I would basically say this is as close to the real life Conor McGregor as you can get without actually being him. Um, so he's our expert, and obviously he was pretty sad last weekend after the result of the fight. So we brought him on for his reaction, ask him his thoughts, and maybe rub a little bit of dirt, salt in the wound. So uh, yeah. without okay. further ado, let's bring him in. Welcome to the pod. Cooper McCauley, how we doing, buddy? Boys, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. How does it feel to be the first guest on Uniquely Average? Honestly, that um, – that- that was great. I didn't know that until you called it on, but I'm excited. I'm excited. The to be first here. ever. I'm excited to have this platform to, you know, get out my feelings on the. Why phone. don't you first of all? Why don't you tell everybody where you're at right now? All right. So, we talked about this before the show, but I'm currently at the Nevada DMV. We got here at 6 a.m. It opens at eight. There were 300 people in line. I walked up to at the guy six. in front. At six, I walk up to the guy in the front. I go, what time did you get here? He goes, 1 a.m. <laughs> There's two lines. The driver's test line's got about 150 and everything else. It's got like 400 people. About 10 minutes ago, they walk out to the driver, <laughs> the driver test line. They go, all right, driver test line isn't a thing anymore. Everybody in the everything line. They, they open the door. Come out and say it. Close the door. Grown men are banging. <laughs> hey, this is ridiculous. And they all march over. The funniest part, Paul, you would have loved this, is everybody in the driver's line, 1 to 150, now have to relocate. So if you're number 140, you got a chance to be ahead of number one guy. Oh, so no. All fast walking. No one <laughs> Oh, no. Fun. With their own walking, they're all to the back of the new line. They're all waiting for the first guy to sprint. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's running, but it was the most subtle race I've ever seen. You would have loved it. You would have loved it. Wow. So there's like 16 year old kids, bright eyed and bushy tailed, ready to take their driver's test, and they've been Dude, there for seven I, I'm hours. I'm trying to look at how I can turn that guy that just walked by he looks so, just dejected. Oh my god! Oh, these people are it's, camping out. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, everybody has chairs. I'm the only motherfucker without a chair. You're in your car, and they're like rookie. Uh, well, <laughs> first time to the DMV, there, bud. <laughs> this guy got to be from the East Coast. He just doesn't get it. Yeah. It's also how hot in Nevada right now. It's 101 right now at 7:20 a.m. 
It's oh my god, that's scary. <laughs> it's it's not good. Hot coffees. I'm I might be the only fella out here with a hot coffee. Yeah, that's a yeah, another the, rookie move, dude. There's yeah. uh, there's kids. There's like uh teenage kids coming around with wagons of water. <laughs> selling it, for selling them. What the? Yeah. What kind of racketeering is going on over at the Nevada the DMV? They, they, they have a they have a deal set up with the DMV. Dude, I wish I <laughs> just, just keep them waiting uh, another hour. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it worth your while. There was a baker, this like girl who like, runs a bakery, and she's walking up and down the line, and she's handing out cards, and she's like, "Prices are on my Instagram." Oh, shit. Uh, for double price, I'll bring it to you in line. That's what oh she was saying. God. For everyone she can That chick's running a business. Dude, yeah, it's like a cupcake, $99. She's like, what else are you going to do? Right. <laughs> I don't see another baker in line. Yeah. Dude, it's, uh, it's wild. Oh, my Everybody, God. There's families that have, uh, like, big umbrellas, like they're at the beach. <laughs> Some dude has his boogie board. He's like ready to go <laughs> yeah, ride the asphalt. They're playing spike ball in the parking lot. Dude, honestly, it could be fun. Nobody wants to have fun though. That's insane. Yeah, every- You're gonna be yeah. there all day, Coop. No, I'm not. I'm my no later than I'm leaving if I'm not in is eleven thirty. Why don't you just walk up to that line and start flashing that uh Marine Corps? card you got there yeah you, you made a real mistake you should have just wore your uh, your dress blues bro people would have been like uh, the, the bank would have been like for you thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> i'm above that oh know. my gosh <laughs> they're like you can get in the regular line you can get ahead of me in the regular line but once all those drivers test people come over <laughs> it's uh, no holds barred when we got here, I walk up to like this girl that looked like she was our age, and I'm like, "Hey, which line do we get in?" And she goes, "That." All she said was, "That one." I go, "Cool." And we went and got in that line, dude. I'd go to war for that girl. <laughs> Wait, so is is are you in line in the car? No, dog. Lou is holding our spot. Oh, I'm in the okay. car talking to you. Oh, so you got the nice AC blasted on your face. And yeah. Roast. So holding her hot coffee. Yeah. Just burning her hand. She's like, I really think I want ice this morning. You're getting hot. <laughs> if I go back there and they're like, you can't get back in line, it's on. All Why wouldn't like, you be able to get in line with her, though? Yeah, it's going to get physical. There's going to be fights. If, if I go back. And they're like, hey, man, no cuts. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm here. Like, we're here together. And they're like, no, too bad. I'm going to say, <laughs> hey, you can try to remove me if you okay. want, but I'm not going. It's going to get physical. <laughs> it's going to get physical. <laughs> Looks like you brought your kid here with you, and we don't want to have to do this right now. Right. Not, not in front of your son. It's hot. Right? It's hot. <laughs> I'll beat your ass and your son's ass. <laughs> I'm not above it. So keep us posted then. Uh-huh. God, yeah, sure, for, uh, sure. for how that and, uh, goes. When I hop off here, I'll walk you through the line. Okay. I'll go to the front yeah. and I'll walk you down the line. Please, we want oh to see my that. It's God. good content. So let's uh let's get into the real reason why we why okay. we brought you on, not for this D- DMV story. Um so maybe we would just talk through your uh your post fight reactions, how you were feeling. Uh, yeah. obviously Conor McGregor broke his fibula. What did he break? Fibia tibia. Yeah. Fibia tibia. Um, yeah, during so, the fight. So I was at the fight. And right. I would say, realistically, it was 90% Connor fans. Like, everybody was there. Like, For sure, as it always is. As it always is. When you look out, uh, it was all uh, flags. Everybody had, like, an Irish flag and was going mm-hmm. crazy. Um, Yourself included. Me included. Me included. Oh, that's how Cooper cheers when he gets excited. So all, our, all our listeners know he just goes, oh. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. You know, and I, I want to address something that you came out strong with here, Paul, where you go, he thinks he's Conor McGregor. He is. Well, let me tell you something about loyalty. Okay. okay. Let me tell you something about fighting and loyalty. Okay. Fighting is just one-on-one. So you subscribe to whoever you're a fan of, right? Like, I didn't wake up one morning our freshman year of college and go, I think I'm going to become the Conor McGregor guy. (laughs) I think that you did, though. It happens over time. It's like, oh, no, he's fighting. Like, 
oh, no, I'm not going to do whatever you guys are doing. There's a Conor McGregor fight. And over time, you become the Conor McGregor. Dude, you could never have such conviction on anything. If you have a bad year, you're like, oh, the fucking birds, they suck. I'm not even fought. No, dude. I'm fucking bought in. Okay? So you either I'm die a Poirier <laughs> fan or live long enough to see yourself become Conor McGregor. No, I'll die. I'll die a McGregor fan. That's what it is. It's so like. There's no other – like, I don't know another person who is their sports thing. Like – The I physical embodiment of it, you mean? They're like, like they you love are him. so much that they're the guy. Like, dude, like, Vinny is the pens guy, right? Like, he likes yeah, the pens. Yeah. He, but it's not guy. his thing, right? right like, if the right. pens lose, it's not like – I think I'll text Vinny. Right. Well, I do, but I know what you're saying. Like, whereas people text you and they're like, yeah. <laughs> you, you wear it on your sleeve a bit. Yeah, right? that's true. We need the Halloween picture of him with the tag. Vinny's not going to the Penn Stadium game seven with no shirt on and a Conor McGregor tattoo on his chest. Well, he's not the Penn's guy. I'm or a Penn's tattoo. There's levels to this. A full Sidney Crosby Tattoo on his Mural. torso. Dude, yeah. I wanted to tell you this, Paul. So, because I'm the Conor McGregor guy, we've established this. Right. I got, I would say realistically, probably like 15 to 20 texts or messages being like, hey, man, sorry. <laughs> sorry that happened to you. Like, I hope you're okay. That's what they all said. I hope you're okay. Yeah. yeah. Because they know what you do when he loses. <laughs> They know yeah. how you get. You start to think that it's smash time and you like to break but, things. Okay, side story. I made a um, – we made like a dinner reservation for like 11 o'clock after the fight. It's supposed ah. to be a celebratory dinner at this nice restaurant. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to fill in the middle of the story, but in the middle of the dinner, the waiter came over and said, can you please stop banging on the table? <laughs> like, excuse me, Donkey Kong? Quit it. I was like, yeah, my bad, sorry. That's so you. Uh, yeah, dude, that's what I was saying. Yeah. So anyway, like, I get all these texts and everything, and so I think it would be a funny thing to make, like, an Instagram post where uh, – I can't pull it up while I have this up, but basically the caption was like, Hey, thanks everybody for reaching out. Like, I appreciate all your condolences. Like, I just want to publicly come out and say that I'm going to be okay. So that's right. the, so I get a DM from this guy. Yeah. The post and mentioned everyone follow at Cooper McCauley to see the, the post. And so I get this DM from this guy and he goes, Hey man, I'm so sorry for your loss. I know what it's like to lose someone close to oh, you. No. If, if you need anything, please reach out. Um, and then he's, he's like, I've been through losing family members before. Like, I hope you're okay. And I'm like, uh, it's just some guy. It's a guy from high school that I haven't talked to in years. You're like, yeah, but do you know what it's like when your favorite fighter loses? <laughs> it gets hurt. Do you know he what a tibia fibula fracture yeah. does to a person? So yeah, like I, I get all that personal loss, but like, do you know what it's – you don't even know what it's like. <laughs> so I said to him, I go, hey, man, uh, I appreciate you reaching out, but it's it's kind of a joke. Like, I'm a notorious Conor McGregor fan, and he lost. Um, so that's, like, what it's in reference to. And he goes, if that's all you have to mourn, then I guess your life is going pretty great. Oh, <laughs> man, this dude is, like, virtue signaling you. Dude, yeah. and I go... I uh, I thought about what to respond. <laughs> oh, now you're now see now you're hostile. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Coop's like, hostile. Like, like, no, hey. this this is the epitome of Connor, like on the canvas at like after the like rounds Steaming. over. I'm still still just yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so I respond, um, something like uh, well, God gives our his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. <laughs> No response. No response from him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and like you actually believe that too? It's funny we're laughing. You know what I? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I had to go through seeing my friend get hurt down there? My yeah, friend. My, I, I friend. <laughs> my buddy. Dude, I mean, I went home a little bit fucked up. Wrote wrote a long DM. Sent it. Sent him 
my. <laughs> I yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you did. I'm sure he read them and was happy. Oh, dude. From <laughs> so many people just got here. Um, they're sending them to the back. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Look at all these. They're livid. It's the worst March of the Penguins you've ever seen. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. They look like they're getting pissed. Dude, they're gonna be more pissed when I just hop back in line. That's true. Yeah. Oh, this fucking Conor McGregor guy just got up ahead of us, babe. Dude, I all right. I will say this about the fight. Uh, reports of him going in with an injury. I believe it. So then, why did he come in kicking like Liu Kong from Mortal Kombat, bro? If he was hurting Dude. already. Okay, that's a good question. Uh, I would like to respond with he doesn't feel pain. He just okay. doesn't. Okay. And here's and here's my example for that. He fought against Max Holloway and won with a torn ACL. He's notorious for. He said it. He's notorious for. Uh, Drop that word a lot. Yeah, keep saying notorious. <laughs> yeah. Um, calling people out for being pullout merchants. So like, motherfuckers buy all oh, the lines moving. Motherfuckers buy these tickets for him. So he, like, refuses to pull out of any fight. So any injury, like, if you ever watch that documentary, he tore his ACL, or excuse me, his MCL before the Mendez fight. But he's like, I'm not pulling out. Like, I'm not a pull-out merchant. So it's his thing. It's his brand. It's his thing. Like, he doesn't, you know. And so when you look at Anderson Silva when he snapped his leg or Chris Weidman, like, uh, they, they were lying on the floor screaming. And he's over there promoting the fourth fight. Like, yeah. Yeah, but then also <laughs> saying that Dustin Poirier's wife was in his DMs. Like, well, wasn't she? But maybe that's not the <laughs> best thing to bring up right when you're on the mat right there. Yeah. Maybe I mean, uh, dude, the day it? before you said you were going to actually murder the man in the ring. Just, but did that? you see what Dustin said? I actually liked this. Dustin was like, the wife thing doesn't bother me. We've been together for like a hundred years. Like we're good. We're rock. Mm -hmm. But him saying he's going to kill me bothers me because there is actually danger in what we're doing. And right. so, right. Uh, dude, and anything you say in fight promotion, whatever. Yeah. But isn't there a point where either you got to draw a line? You can't just say, I'm going to murder. I'm actually <laughs> going to murder you tomorrow. Like he was like, I'm not kidding. I will murder mm -hmm. you tomorrow in the ring. Dude. Okay. You don't like it, Dustin? You're not a fan of it. Give back all the fucking pay-per-view points you got. Ooh, um, no. You don't, oh, you don't like the promotion. You don't like. Are, how are you are you calling out Dustin Poirier? Right yeah. <laughs> Dude's like, put me in the in the fight class. Yeah, in the I've weight never class. I've never been more sure of anything in my life that I would beat Dustin's ass after that. No, fight. that's so not true. You're can you so get down so to? Mad. Can you get down You're to 155? So silly, dude. Can, can well, you yeah, get down to 155? Yeah. I mean, I I, I think. I, go ahead. I think I'd give him a run for his money. I don't think, I think, give him for money. I think you would snap your tibia and fibia <laughs> when you were doing the thing where they're greasing up your face. Like, as, you, as you're bouncing around there and they check your mouth guard. I, you would, I oh, snap oh, my tibia oh. fibia over his head. That's what I'd do. I think oh. it's an absolute classless move from a dude who's washed up in the UFC. What do you have to say? He's not that? washed, dude. He's not. You don't think washed. he's washed? I think he's just a WWE guy now. He promotes fights. Everyone loves him. He shows up and just gets his ass beat, bro. No, not at all. Really? First off, like Dustin is arguably. I mean, he's the fifth. He's number five ranked pound for pound fighter. That's not disputed. So then, why are you saying that he wouldn't get a, a big draw, a big showing to his event, to his Dude, fight? He said, "Give back the pay per view." Demetrius Johnson was the number one pound per pound fighter for a hundred years, and he fucking sold three pay per views. You and I could sell more pay per views than him. That's probably true. Yeah. Sure. Cooper versus Paul. <laughs> hey, dude, you can get it for free. That's true. Anytime, anywhere, it's on site. When me and Cooper see each other, we're going at it. It's on site. You know, in um, in the spirit of, you know, me bringing a little MMA, a little back and forth with Paul, I got a call out. I got a call out that I want to have. <laughs> Let's hear it. This yeah. is a safe space. Let's hear it. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar about the Nate Diaz call out to Conor McGregor. I've seen it. Where he grabs the mic. He says, you're taking everything I work for, motherfucker. 
I want to fight your fucking ass. You know who the real money fight is? Me. Not those clowns you already punked at the press conference. You know where you beat them. I want to call out your boy. This third spot in this fight. Oh, no. My spot. Okay? Dude. Marco, Marco. Taking everything you worked for. Marco, I want to fight your fucking ass. Oh, God. That's what I want. Marco's I, I, probably in a bodega somewhere right now. Like, just trying to get some road trip snacks. No, dude. No, I want to fight Marco's ass. He's deciding, like, deciding between like combos and trail mix and the beef jerky. He's, like, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna hear this and go, "Why does this guy want to fight?" No, that's it. Hey, the line's moving. All right, I, I kind of like it. So a fight to the death, and loser gets off the podcast for good. Loser gets off the podcast. Winner gets to stay on. <clears throat> that's that's uh that's definitely gonna generate some clicks. Okay. Okay. Hey. I, I, I don't want to just say that and then never be back on here. Uh, when he comes back, you pull me on. And I'll we'll let him. you know for sure, for sure. I'm not scared of Marco. All right, we'll let him know. Okay. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's yeah. scared of you, bro. I yeah. Think you're you're all talk. All right. All right. You're all barking, no yeah. bite. Okay. All right. Show us this line before we uh we ship you out of here. Oh, but the line's moving now, dude. Didn't. Oh that's, wow. That's not even bad. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah. Oh. Oh Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Hey, can you ask everybody in that line if they're subscribed to the unique? <laughs> yeah, I can. Because you got one by one and say, check yeah, out you the. You got uh, business cards to hand out? That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, need we, should, we should be hustling that line. Everyone else is. Hey, you're covering the microphone with your thumb again. You fucking. What are you, Joe Rogan? Move this closer to your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Hey, get me back on with Marco. Hey, we will. Absolutely. It was a real pleasure having you, Coop. Thanks yeah. for coming hey, no on. No problem, man. Hey, Paul, between now and the next time I come on, I want to see uh, if you can ever follow something and be so loyal as I am <laughs> to this fella. Stick and thin. I'll try. You have okay. some serious resolve. Oh, shit. <laughs> we'll be back. Right, look, look. Right. We're, we're at the front now, dude. I have to go. Oh, geez. Congratulations. All right, thanks, man. I'll talk to you guys yep. later. See thanks you, for having. See you, Coop. You Marco, got it. you're dead. Marco, <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I got to cut him. I got to cut this guy. <laughs> just do that. Uh, <laughs> you also cross that line. You just don't cross when talking about fighting another man. Yeah, I mean, he's he's hasn't learned anything from what happened to Connor. Marco, uh, Marco's got his work cut out for him for sure. <laughs> Marco's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, I don't think Marco's too worried about it. I think that's small potatoes for Marco. Marco okay. gets, he gets he gets threats on the daily. Marco's, uh, Marco's doing some Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something, doesn't he? Yeah, some sort of martial arts. So I think he, you can kill he, Coop. He does some boxing. He's, yeah, he'll sneak up on you. He tag Cooper. <laughs> he tune him up. I want to see that Just fight. Give him the one-two piece. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to. Uh, I'll get on the line with Triller. See what we can do. Yeah, see what we can work out. <laughs> yeah, get on in like an undercard. Of the, Speaking uh, of that, I saw some TikTok star is fighting Blueface, the rapper, in yeah. a bare knuckle boxing match. Did we talk about that on the pod? I think we did. Yeah, but no. Go ahead. Do you have any? A bare, a bare knuckle boxing match that's going to be over in one hit. One hit. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. You got to think like knuckles are going to like cut you up more than a padded glove will. So I think once someone also, takes like, like a, a knuckled shot to the jaw is going to knock somebody out. Like you're probably more likely to break a hand too, which like these guys sure. aren't fighters. Like as soon as right. they break their hand, they're going to be like, ah, I'm fuck, I'm I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I don't know why they go barrel. But anyway, let's continue. Mom. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, once again, we just want to thank Cooper Cauley for coming, coming on. That was, uh, that was real Sweet fun. Content. Yeah. Our Definitely. First guest, and it went pretty smooth. So we'll have to do it again. We'll yeah. Yep. Definitely. Uh, so we have hat talk, but uh, glaring like a hat. I don't think we're going to yeah. skip hat talk. <laughs> we're I just think... missing one important ingredient in hat <laughs> yeah. talk. I, yeah, so now it's just talk. What you talk? We're just talking, you know? <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's go to the culture corner. Paul. I want to talk about the MLB home run derby that took place this past week and basically how this 
event, the only, the last fun all-star event in all four major professional sports has basically been ruined. And it's been ruined because the problem with the home run derby was never the format. It was never the format of the the 10 pitches, 10 outs, and you and you advance rounds after that. That was the long time format of the home run derby. And now they made it this these timed rounds where it's basically see how quick you can hit as many home runs as possible. And then you go on to the next round, if not. <clears throat> so what happened on this past week is the one person that everyone wanted to see was Shohei, Shohei Otani, first uh, baseball player who was picked in the All-Star game as a pitcher and in the, a player, and he was in the home run derby. He basically did everything you could for the entire All-Star festivities. Because he's phenomenal. He's a great pitcher who is leading the league in home runs right now. Yeah. On never before. Yeah. New uh, age like Babe Ruth. For sure. Probably, probably been better. For sure. Leave the new Babe Ruth. And and um <clears throat> the first round he hit uh thirty-three home runs and he tied uh, uh Juan Soto. Might have that it was it was a lot of home runs and they had to go into a double overtime showdown where they were basically just getting three pitches and you had to hit home runs on like all of them. And Otani was like hands on his knees, gassed out of energy because he just hit 33 home runs swinging as hard as he can. And he lost the first round. So everyone who wanted to see him, he's gone in the first round. And then a guy, Pete Alonso won, who whatever, he did a great job. But, like, Pete Alonso hits, like, 180 during the regular season. And does he's not- the true, like, home runner strikeout guy. Yes, and does not hit, like, a ton of home runs even. He just had, like, a yeah. doctored-up swing trying to mash as many home runs as quick as he could. So, like, the problem with the home run derby was never the format. It was the fact that cool people were never in it. They cool mm-hmm. players don't go to the home run derby. It's right. always guys like Pete Alonso. Right. So, and it's the same thing that happened with the dunk contest. Like the format of the dunk contest in the NBA was never the actual format. It was that cool people didn't do it. Like, give me LeBron every single year. Give me like the coolest players every year, not like no name guys. And that's the same problem with the MLB. So now the format sucks. And when someone cool does come in it, he's gone in the first round and, and it's stupid now. Like that's they've ruined the last cool All Star event, which was the home run Yeah, it's it's kind of ironic that like they're doing that in what is like the slowest game out of like all the major sports, like baseball. Like I think they're trying to make it a little quicker now, but like to make it like so fast paced, like this showcase of your best players. Like, why do you want them off the screen so quickly? After right. Like three minutes. Like, right. Well, they want to just, sh- they want to have as many home runs as possible to give the fans just as many t- chances to catch a ball, I guess. But like, yeah. And just to see as many home runs. Oh, we hit 33 home runs. But <clears throat> there was like, there was actually strategy to the 10 out thing because you right. can take pitches, you can right. take your time. Like, and then when you really like to pitch, you could swing as hard as you could. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like half on the guy pitching you the ball now. You know, they have yeah, to yeah, because like, he's got to give you strikes every pitch because right. you really can't take pitches because you're wasting time. The format's been ruined, and mm-hmm. now the All Star thing sucks. So that's my culture corner. It's a changed format that it just doesn't make sense. It's it's counterintuitive to the logic of trying to hit as many home runs as you can. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. Uh... That Alonzo guy, he might have gone back to back now. He did, yeah, he okay. did, and like that's cool. Like he does really well in this format. But like, <laughs> that's that's how he does his train for the home run derby. He doesn't. Yeah, care about- <laughs> dude, literally. I don't know how many home runs he has during the season, but it's not a lot. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know. It seems like yeah, I kind of agree with you. They should probably go back to the the old format with with the, the ten outs. And is it like? So you faced off against the like another guy. Is it kind of like bracket style now? Yeah, because it wasn't it just like whoever had the like the, right. that half that had the highest total would move on. Yes. Yeah. So that, I mean that kind of sucks too. Like you're, you're you're giving yourself like more chance of like uh one of like the the favorites or the people the person that people want to see they can just lose like some guy can go on a hot run right. whereas in the old format if they just get you know 
the the fourth most, fifth most, whatever, they still right. have a chance to move on. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of people don't like the. Uh, well, that's what happened here because Juan Soto, <clears throat> who he was playing against, I think Juan Soto has like eleven home runs this year, but he beat Shohei. Right. He beat Otani. Right. Who has like thirty round. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. the guys who hit home runs don't even win in this format. <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> and especially too, like because it's like depending on what park they're in, you know, there could be an advantage for a left-handed hitter, a right-handed hitter, you know, guys that, you know, are better at putting the ball like to dead center, whatever, right. you know, so it's, it's definitely not um, super equal, but I think that's like the appeal of baseball is every, like the one thing they have that other sports don't is like different arenas, you know, different things to you know look out for, but I'm sure it plays a part when it comes to the home run derby. Um. Do the like does the winner of the All Star Game does that still decide like home field? I don't think it does anymore. It used uh, to. I was gonna say that. Yeah, it used to matter. It yeah, don't. and again, that was why the All Star Game in baseball was cool. People too, watch. Yeah, it actually mattered for right. home field advantage in the World Series, but I don't think it does anymore. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, all another All Star event has been. Yeah. Ruined. What do you have a favorite All Star like event of like the four? Well, it was, I really liked baseballs. I thought yeah. it was so cool. But, again, it's been ruined. Yeah, I, th- I think all of them have kind of uh, – It's, like, catering too much to, like, fans who just want, like, score. action-packed right. and, right. like, yeah, the stories and stuff. It's not just, like, right. cool fucking right. showcasing of talent. Yeah, that's what they do with, like, the NHL now. It's, like, it's for just sure. three on like, three just like, for let's, goals. Let's, yeah, exactly. Let's see how many goals we can score. It's not, like, an actual – I mean, I get, like, it wasn't really – when it was 5-on-5, five five, it still wasn't, like, we're playing that right. defense and stuff. But, like – There's not five Sean Taylors out there just right. w- waiting for the punter to get to the – Right. <laughs> right, yeah. It's not – That's my favorite quite, clip of all time. It's not quite that, but it's, uh, you know – it's definitely catered to the the fans. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like, a, yeah, whatever. A lot of fans are, like, still unhappy. So, I guess I got to go back to the lab and, you know, change it up again. But, uh, all right, you want to move to uh, the cinema? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Time for the movie minute. We have uh, Black Widow, the newest release from Marvel. Synopsis. Uh, Natasha Romanoff, also known as Black Widow, confronts her darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arise. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Uh, Directed by Kate Shortland and stars, of course, ScarJo, uh, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, uh, Rachel Wise, William Hurt, and Ray Winstone. Um, it's kind of the first big release from Marvel uh, post the, the the COVID pandemic and the shutdown. Um, it was originally supposed to drop last summer, but obviously things had to get pushed back. And uh, yeah, as as you can see, I I have it scored kind of in the lower tier of the the Marvel movies um i have it at a 74 out of 100 um still felt that it was a pretty enjoyable movie um i think it was paced well uh it's like a two hour and 15 movie um but it it never really like drug on i guess like i always was kind of engaged with it um but yeah I'll, i'll pass it off to you to see if you have any initial thoughts yeah i mean i just thought that it was totally just okay Mm-hmm. I wasn't really blown away by anything. And and I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that I have Marvel movie fatigue and not so much that it was a bad movie. I won't say that it was bad. When I compare it, like there's definitely, compare it to the worst movie in the um, phase, like the, uh, the, uh, the first end, three the game phase. <clears throat> yeah. And there's definitely bad movies in there. Like, Thor Dark World. I Thor think Dark World's pretty pretty bad. Probably the worst. Yeah. Then the Hulk. Right? The Hulk. Like the Iron Man 2 and 3 are okay. I like them, but they're not like the best. And when you compare it to those, I'd say Black Widow's probably better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a, it, like 
I wasn't even going to see this movie if it hadn't been for this podcast. Like it kind of just wasn't really on my radar. And again, that's me getting like choosy with the Marvel movies because there's just so many now. I think that this movie is going to play a cool part in the next like phase of big Avengers movies. Like I'm sure Florence, well, I guess spoiler alert, but I'm sure Florence Pugh's character is going to be in the Avengers or the, yeah. you know, the new like Avengers or whatever this new cycle is. Yeah. Um. So it's like it introduced another character, like gave her backstory. So the, all the movies end up being important, but like as far as this one standalone, like it was just very much okay. I, I would have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I felt like it was like super, like at times you can kind of forget you're watching a Marvel movie. Um, just because like, with Marvel now, you're just expecting cameos from like all the heroes to just like right, there was interact, no. and yeah, and it's really just you know Scarlett Johansson, and then you kind of get introduced to you know people who might play a part in in the future. I think we know if Florence Pugh is going to be involved. And did you stay and watch like the end credit scene? Yeah, but I can't remember it now. Yeah, so I, I mean, Spoiler if you it, yeah, if you watch Endgame, you know that Scarlett Johansson dies, and this is kind of like a, a story taking place in the past. So, she, the, oh, that's uh, right, that's right. Sister, okay. yeah. Oh, right, I remember it now. Yeah, yes. so she's at her gravestone, right? And Julia and, Louis Dreyfus, who is, I don't is know somehow why I involved, there, but uh, <laughs> I was told by some Marvel movie buffs that is that Selena Meyer. She's um, she was in. She uh, Black maybe? Falcon, Black Soldier, Winter Soldier, Falcon, whatever. It is. Falcon <laughs> no, and Winter Soldier, Falcon and <laughs> yeah, Winter Soldier, yeah. Black, Black, Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think. And oh, okay. she's like sort of like the new Nick Fury ish kind of character, I, I think. Yeah. So she gives uh, Florence sure. Pugh information on who killed Scar Joe and gives her a picture of Clint Barton, played by Jeremy Renner, who's Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. But and I think that, we know his, that, that he didn't actually kill her, but right, she's right. gonna put the hit out. So right. I'm sure we're gonna see a new movie. Yeah, Florence a, Pugh. A new Jeremy. Hawkeye movie is dropping in the fall. So expect so to see I'm her sure in that. Be in it, yeah. So um yeah, I think I mean I thought it was one of the funnier like Marvel movies. Like it, it seemed kind of like geared more towards adults too. Like there was like a ton of like so swearing. Like they said shit so like ten times. Um, the comedy was kind of like deadpan, especially with Florence Pugh. Um, I thought she was really. I thought she was like probably the best part of the movie. To be honest with yeah. you, I think she was. She was awesome in, in her yeah. role. David uh, Harvard or Harbor. Harbor. Yeah, I thought he was really good as the um, kind of like the Russian equivalent of Captain America. And he's he's kind of obsessed with like you know what Captain America thought of him whenever they faced off and. Um, I thought that part was really good. Um, the mom played by Rachel wise. I just don't think she had like a ton to kind of go just with kind of a weird story too. Yeah. Like, it was just like how it all fit together. They like gave their kids away basically, but like, right. Yeah. Like kind of a whole weird, like setup. It's yeah. see, that's the problem when you write a movie into the past, like mm -hmm. you kind of have to like, take it in that direction that the plot already happened. So like this movie obviously took place in the past of what we viewers have already seen it up to end game. So like you kind of have to direct the plot into, to make it fit with mm -hmm. what you're, what you've already seen. Right. So it's kind of like the plot lines get a little twisted. Right. They kind of have to really like rig them a little bit to yeah. get them to fit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I th I think the wor like the worst not to like you know harp on like the worst part but I think the villains in this were just very like bad I guess and like terrible like the yeah. like the the Drakov. one yeah Drakov um I didn't find him like super interesting they also, really didn't do a cheesy Russian accents like I wish that they just didn't do why right. does Scarlo Scarjo not need a Russian yeah. accent but the rest of her family some, has yeah. like Russian ones why don't they just make them English and right not cheesy yeah oh, like, and then for drink off they hired a scottish dude to do a russian right. accent and it was god awful like why would you just hire an old russian dude like didn't have right right and that's been anyone special like, right like watch any like john wick movie there's a thousand like evil looking russian guys right right um but yeah i don't know i felt like the like the last the kind of like the climax of the movie like just didn't land flush especially like the the fight with 
I can't remember the name of like the main villain, like his special super soldier who turned out to be his daughter. Um, yeah, was, like I feel like uh, I feel like that fight with Scarlett Johansson was over in like a minute. Yeah, it was weird. like after she just like smashed the little red vial of, of whatever. But um, like I don't know they they were talking this um this person up to be like the greatest fighter. They can mimic every move. It's yeah, like you're fighting strong. yourself, and then it's over in a minute. It was yeah. just. Yeah, did you did you run out of budget? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how. Like, ah, uh, you know, we we're at two hundred and one million dollars now. We gotta, we gotta wrap this up pretty quick. Right, <laughs> right. But, and then I, I think it's always funny the one like trope of anytime there's like a large evil layer, all the like the vital or like important components of their. Um, I guess plan is always in one location. So as long as you destroy that one place, like everything is like to yeah. diversify where you yeah, have like, all your put stuff. Put some backups, put it in the cloud. Like, right. You need all your information stored in one room. <laughs> right. That also has like a self-destruct button. <laughs> Get the, you don't need that. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I definitely kind of agree with when it comes to the, the fatigue factor, especially with these TV shows that are coming out. And I haven't, I've saw wonder vision. I haven't seen the other two yet. I've heard good things about Loki, but it's, it's almost like, Oh yeah. Maybe it's, Elaine from Seinfeld's uh, in Loki, not winter soldier. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of hard to keep watching. Oh, like it's, it seems like, like a constant stream, like it's a chore. It's going to be tough to, to keep up with, with everything going on. And I don't know, like now at least it's almost like you need a reset. Like whew, we just saved the world. Like Thanos almost, he almost had, he got us in the first half, right, you know, right. but you know, thankfully we got him back. Yeah, and, like how, and now it's like, we got to restart. How, how big are the stakes going to get? Like this right. was very low stakes. To yeah. This, right. This particular movie. Right. Which I, I did kind of enjoy too. Like after, after all the, you know, world saving that was done in the past, you know, kind of like the last half of that first three phases. Um, and it was kind of nice to see like a smaller kind of um, project for Marvel, but you know, still, I don't know. I think, uh, and I think like the multiverse, I think that's what they're doing in, in Loki. Like it's going to get more complex because I think they, they kind of know they, they kind of have to differentiate themselves from the first, you know, right. three phases. You can't just have a bad guy threatening to end the world all the time right. and, and getting beat. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they, what they end up doing. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of Marvel, um, if you're a fan of Florence Pugh, uh, definitely go see this movie. I think, uh, she's like the one, like the biggest bright spot of the movie, even though definitely. I think the acting was, was good. I think that's the most exciting thing to come out of this. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else for, for black widow? That's it. All right. So for next week, we're going to go a little different. Um, a new Steven Soderbergh movie. It's It's been out on HBO Max for a few weeks. Um, it's called No Set and Move. Stars Don Cheadle and uh, Benicio Del Toro. Um, I guess I should ask, would you rather do this or would you rather do Space Jam? Because I know that just... I'd rather off. do this. Okay. That's, that's fine with me. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll stick with uh, No Set and Move. It's kind of like a noir kind of crime uh thriller but uh okay yeah have you have you like seen anything from space Jam? i saw the ratings I've like, seen great, that, but... like people are like um saying like it just feeds lebron's ego and i'm a huge yeah. lebron fan but it's like yeah. they just keep saying how amazing he's right. the best basketball player who ever <laughs> lived and they keep calling him king like we get it bro. Right. like the first space jam I'm sure there's Jordan a, is like a failing baseball player and right. like a failing father and like he's the butt of the <laughs> right. jokes and like and now he's and now LeBron is they're like you're a god yeah it's like so, LeBron why don't we start the movie with like you losing in the first round of the playoffs no nah, nah, it's can't it, apparently it starts with like highlights of how amazing he is and how he's like transformed the game of basketball it's like we we know you yeah. don't need to make that right. Part right. We don't need like, I don't know, Daffy Duck to, right. to, to tell us that. Right. But all right. Yeah, I uh I think we can move on from yeah. some space jam out. I don't know if we're we're gonna get to that. Probably not. 
Probably not. But, uh, I don't think we need to. Uh, memes of the week. Uh, I found a few. I'm just going to throw them in here. The one I I was going to show it to Cooper, but uh, he had to he had to jump in line. So after the uh, the leg break, it seems like Connor's in good spirits. I just grabbed a, uh, a freeze frame from his <laughs> post on IGTV. <laughs> the guy's just ripping down a Cali, uh, I don't know, cul-de-sac. And, uh, you know, smiling, still having a good time. He's probably on a load of painkillers, which certainly up. helps. Yeah. So I was going to ask Cooper if, if he thought of, you know, wrapping his leg in a cast in solidarity, if he was going to go, you know, wh- whatever it may be, like six months, whatever, in, in the cast, just to show his support. Um, he should. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to ask him and we'll, we'll have him back. <laughs> and the, uh, the last one I, I found pretty funny, SpongeBob meme. <laughs> five-year-old me at a pay less with my mom after you put on shoes uh see how it feels when you run and then you just start sprinting down the aisle you know testing out your uh or like if they had the <laughs> light ups on it you needed to go to the mirror and stop yeah this is different amazing yeah this is <laughs> No, and, flyers, and, and none of those kids have these now. Yeah. <laughs> it's that new new. All right. I think we can uh I'm gonna just jump to what we learned this week, unless yeah. you have a joke of the week. No, America. I don't have a joke of the week. Okay. I, I have a quick what I learned this week. I don't in trying not to get political with it at all. I'm just stating a fact that happened. This this bill was signed into law in Texas. Um and now it is it basically is empowering private citizens to uh, whistleblow anyone, any women that has had an abortion, any nurse that or doctor or office who has assisted with giving an abortion or any information that they know about that an abortion has ha- has been taking place right. in and abetting an abortion. And there's a ten thousand dollar reward to anyone who. Uh, reports anyone who's been doing such things. So without getting political, yeah. I'm not st- saying how I feel about it one way right. or another. I'm just saying that this is a thing that happened and is now a law in Texas. So weird, wild stuff. <laughs> I mean, this kind of like brings back like 1984 vibes, right? With Very like, much so. <laughs> with like civilians. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the comparison happen. Absolutely. Yeah. God. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's more of a playbook than it is a uh, fiction novel. <laughs> right. yeah. I, I'm not saying how I feel about the topic. Or yeah. The yeah. I think uh, of the, but of, it's, of the topics to avoid talking, like giving our, it's you know, strangers. Strangers right. are allowed to whistleblow anyone that they think may have had an abortion. Is, like, is there like a um? That's such what, a what's the word? Um, concept like uh like, like time? No, just like of yeah, statute of limitations. Yeah, do you know of like how long it's been? But, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it has to have been happening because prior okay. to the law, that it was still legal. Or, right. you know, maybe it wasn't. Right. It was like, you know, a government sanctioned thing. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, now anyone can report anyone, you know, random coworkers. If they hear that somebody right. had an abortion, they can report for a monetary reward. Pretty sizable, too. So, again, weird, wild stuff that is taking place on our planet. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, that is for sure. Um, so, you know, <laughs> moving to mine. Let's get uh, something a little lighter, maybe. Sure. The, uh, hold on, let me find the beginning of this. So I think we've like all, I don't know if you've heard, but like back in the day, people would say like the longest, oh, wow. The the longest word um, was, what is it? Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Right. And then as like new, like, especially like in, in medicine, in like in health, like you'd see like these diseases that have like a ton of words like put together, creating like one monster word. Right. So it turns out that if you go by like that technicality of you know like healthcare and you know proteins and right, right. diseases, 
mononucleoid right right yeah that's just like yeah, a ton of like i don't know prefixes slammed together right, right so the um the longest technical word in the english language is 189,819 letters long uh and if you wanted to say it it would take you three hours what yeah uh it's it's a type of protein that's like found in your body and i guess like the way that proteins are named they sort through all of the different amino acids that are like that make up this one protein and they'll they have to like include every single amino acid in the in the name of it and it turns out there's like thirty four thousand amino acids in this one protein so they have to include them all yeah so i don't know i mean i don't know i tried to find it like the the word is just how would it even if it's written out it would be a block of right so um yeah so uh it's the longest it's not like in any dictionary do we have like the first like yeah 50 letters like uh well okay it it starts with uh methio nylon lin three oh nine it's just a bunch of gibberish i don't know if hold on let me uh you see like that oh god yeah and then it just keeps going you know Oh but, God! Oh yeah, God! Yeah. Oh, oh no! So, oh, uh, no. and that's, yeah, that's not really, uh, you know, the half of it, obviously. So, I guess the it, it would take up twelve pages in a dictionary oh, if you were to God. spell it out. Yeah. So um, it's not really a word; it's more of a yeah, it's a technicality, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this that won't be in any spelling bees coming up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just goes on forever. Yeah. Um, so the long sword in the dictionary is 45 letters long it's like a um, type of pneumonia i think okay. it's like uh, i'm not gonna so spell I think it that's probably we should s- yeah. cut but it like 45. right but the like the largest like non-medical like compounded word is that anti-disestablishmentarianism nice so, so i'll yeah. stick with that yeah of my fun facts <laughs> right yeah if you ever want to like break that out yeah right and uh whenever you're talking about texas and their new abortion law <laughs> yeah, yeah I, right. I tell you this anti-disestablishmentarianism is just... you sound smart yeah i guess i'll just have the ticker running for the uh the end of this but yeah i mean that uh that takes us to the very end yeah. of our, our list felt uh, quick but uh yeah yeah we kind of went through i mean two minute or yeah yeah cooper cooper stole the show um, certainly did we'll have to have him back i like yeah. our first guest on the podcast let us know how you guys liked it too when you see it we want to hear from the our viewer our listeners right yeah yeah if people enjoy it we're definitely going to you know keep for sure uh like bring it on we've got new guests people. we got guests we got people who are chomping at the bit to come on this show so. oh yeah oh yeah i've, I've had got guests waiting in the wings yep yep but um yeah i guess until then uh i'm Vinny. i'm paul and we'll, we'll catch you next time See you guys.